Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. She was Manitoba Player of the Year. She's won Canada Games for Manitoba. She was U Sports Rookie of the Year and has already played for Canada on our U23 and Next Gen teams. And she's in her second year at the University of Manitoba. Please welcome to the show, Rhea Surings. Rhea, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So having another big year at Toba, but before we get into that, uh, just kind of set the scene for for me and the listeners just with your progression through sports. Uh, what were you doing as a young athlete before you discovered volleyball or was volleyball always your main thing? No, volleyball wasn't my main thing until I think grade seven. I started out playing soccer, like Timbits, when I was really young and I played that till I was 15 along with volleyball. But I remember seeing my neighbor play. And I was just like, you know what? I want to give this a shot. So grade 12 or grade seven, tried out, loved it, just stuck with it. Did you see your neighbor play at like a school game or they were just hacking around in the backyard and you thought that looked like fun? Uh, I would talk, we would talk to her, like her dad and like her family outside sometimes. And then we like, we were interested in this. So we went to go watch her play a club game and it was, she had, she was really good and she had a few, a few really good girls on her team. So I was just, just like super interested in that. And I was like, mom, please sign me up for tryouts. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, name drop it. Who was the neighbor who got you started? Who gets credit here? Uh, Allie Moffitt. She's my neighbor. She doesn't play anymore, but I just thought that like that was the coolest thing ever that she played when I was younger. Nice. So uh, obviously you were playing soccer and some other sports, but was club volleyball just a little bit different? Like how serious you took it? How many kids from different schools were playing? Like what, what was your first club team like? Was it kids from your school or was it kids from all over? It was kids from all over. We had kids from like Selkirk, like a few, like 30 minutes outside of Winnipeg. We had kids from like everywhere, which was really cool because soccer, it was a lot of like, you joined a club and you kind of stuck with that club. There wasn't a lot of like interchanging happening or anything, but with volleyball, that's what I found was really cool. Like every year that your team would kind of switch up until you got older and it would stay the same. But I really liked playing with a bunch of different people. Nice. So in the Winnipeg area, I think you have a lot of options. So uh, who did you start with and who were some of the other clubs you did play with? I started off with Dynamo. That was my first club and I played there for two years. And then my coach left and went to Bandits and a bunch of us went with him. So I did Bandits for also a few years and then I went to Shock and then I went to Junior Bisons. I was all over the place. <laughs> nice. And and when you look back, what was most appealing? Like, obviously, you went to a club tournament, you kind of got switched on. But uh, for you, athletically, was it just the, your ability to jump high and hit the ball hard? Or, like, what kind of stood out as volleyball? Is like, this is way more fun than soccer for me. I don't know. I couldn't really hit the ball hard for, like, a long... It took me a long time to be able to hit the ball. I think to, like, grade 11, I wasn't hitting it that hard. Um, but I just found it so much fun, like... I don't know what was what clicked differently with soccer, but I enjoyed it so much more. Just like everything about it. I was so fun. And when you were younger, did you go to Bison's games? Like, are you uh, old enough to maybe remember Taylor Pischke and Rachel Cockerell when they won nationals or some of the top teams that have come through the Winnipeg area? I don't remember them specifically, but I remember um, like with past like club teams, we'd go watch the Bison's play as windups and stuff. And that was always super fun. And it just like felt surreal watching them. I was like, these girls seem so much older. Like, it's so cool that they're playing for university team. And I didn't know that that would ever be me on the university team. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is as you're going through and you're becoming more competitive with club, is that something that's uh, either shock or, or bandits or junior bisons, like they, they kind of set you up for the next level? Or when did you know that you could play at like post-secondary or even at the national team level? Um, I think... Well, I got recruited by like Ken, my coach, pretty early, like end of grade 10. 
but I didn't really know like that was an option for me. I remember when I first had a meeting with him, it was in a Tim Hortons with my parents and we had a meeting and he offered me like a scholarship and everything, but I didn't, I didn't know he did. So like after my parents were like, how do you feel about this? Are you excited? Like, do you want to take it? And I was like, what do you mean? And they had to explain to me that like, he just offered you a scholarship. But like, I didn't think that I could play post-secondary. Like, I don't know. It wasn't really talked about like that much. I saw some girls on my shock team commit and then, I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. That's fascinating that uh, yeah. your coach, Ken, was end of grade 10, you said. that. I think that's that might be early for what you sports typically do. Uh, and obviously, you're a little bit unaware, just kind of checking in and be cool about it. But uh, did you did you look at any other schools? Were you looking at the NCAA? I know it's revisionist history and you do play at Toba, so hopefully he doesn't mind this story getting out there. But yeah. uh, was there anything else you were considering once it kind of switched on that you could play university? Uh, no, I, well, I started talking to Ken, like I didn't send any video out to anybody. I, or like, I didn't know anything about the recruitment process. Basically I was very clueless. So I'm glad I ended up talking to Ken. I don't even know how that came about, but I had a meeting with like U of W and one meeting with U of A, but even then I was like, oh, this isn't for real. Like they probably don't want me. <laughs> I was really, I was kind of oblivious, but yeah. I no way. I've been like talking to the States. I didn't even think that was option wow wow so even when you were going through like provincial team programs and you were talking to athletes who maybe were were going out of province or going to the ncaa you just didn't that that wasn't appealing to you or you didn't think that was achievable i don't think anybody here went to the ncaa that like from the provincial team but like people going out of province i i was just like wow that's really cool like i wish i could do that but probably not <laughs> and end up staying here but i'm so glad i ended up staying i ended up staying so nice happy. Nice. So what is the provincial team scene in Manitoba? Like when you were coming through, was Canada Games talked about at a pretty young age or was that something you discovered around 17 you that like you were eligible and born in this magic age group that you could play in a major sport like that? Like, did they tell you pretty young or you just kind of stumbled upon it? No, we just kind of stumbled upon it. I, we heard about it when we were 17 you, and I think that was around the time COVID was getting bad again. So I remember there were tryouts for it. And then it got like called off because it was supposed to be in 2021, I want to say. And then it got pushed to 2022 because COVID was not good. But we had a round of tryouts. And then a year later, we had another round of tryouts because everything had to go on hold. And yeah, it just kind of happened. It was just like all the other provincial team programs kind of. That's awesome. So when you arrive uh, in St. Catharines, because I think your year was at Brock, did it kind of settle in for you how big of a deal it was? Like, did you ever kind of soak in and be like, wow, there's a lot of people watching our game or there's so many provinces here and it's a big deal? Or did it honestly just feel like another volleyball tournament for you? I think it felt, it actually did feel different being there and staying in the dorms with everybody. And even our whole like training process, we were like, we have our coach, Alex Cron, she won it one year and she brought in her medal and like in this box to show us and was like, this could be you guys. Like, it was really cool to see that. So when we got there and then the opening ceremonies, everything happened. And it's like, it's very different from like any other volleyball tournament. Yeah. Hopefully Alex doesn't mind you sharing any uh, behind the scenes secrets here, but I am curious how she was able to kind of develop the squad because COVID was a challenge, but I think Alex is also here in Ontario, uh, either at the time finishing up her PhD or, or maybe just coaching with us as well. But uh, for her to be going back, like, did you know of her before she was your coach? Cause obviously she wouldn't have been around the club scene too much. Like uh, was she kind of new and had to win you guys over when you got together as a squad? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to ask. I like didn't really know about many coaches, <laughs> but we so no, I didn't know. But she just, I don't know. I 
we all just really liked her as a coach. So we just obviously worked well together. We all knew each other, like grew up together. So we already had chemistry. So she didn't really have to work with that. But we did like some team bonding stuff. And like, I don't know, it was just, it, it was like a natural year. It didn't feel like there was much like work to be done, like getting us to play well together. She just worked on us like technically individually a lot. Awesome. Awesome. So for you, was the gold medal thing appealing, thinking that like, yeah, this is an awesome tournament and I can't wait to win it? Or were you going one game at a time? Were you soaking it in? Like, when you think of progressing through a tournament like that, are you very like outcome driven and you want to win the whole thing or you just want to play well today? Like, what was your mindset? Um, I think at that tournament, we became outcome driven because a month before we were in Calgary for the Canada Cup, which we and we won that. Uh, which was basically the same teams that we were going to be playing. So we were just like going to Canada games, like playing the same teams. Hopefully we can do this again. Like want to get gold again. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, and how did it feel progressing through the playoffs? Cause Canada games is pretty intense. And I imagine there was a lot of fans there. So as you progress through the quarter, the semi, like the, the night before the final, could you sleep fine? Like how are you going through this? Like, did you ever think this was like a huge deal? Or you're kind of like, Oh, this is awesome. We're playing for a medal. Yeah, it just it just kind of felt like another game. I don't know. There was a lot of fans at the at the finals, but it just felt like another game. It was it was just so much fun being there. Like we never really felt like that much pressure, that much stress. We were just kind of enjoying being there. Um I remember our quarterfinals game, not great. That's that's the game that I, I had realized like I had to stop float serving because I think I missed like nine serves out the back. It was just not going my way. So we had to practice after that. And my coach was, I did a spin serve and she was like, why don't you just do this like for the semis? So when the semis came, I started spin serving. Still didn't go great, but was better than my floats in the quarters. But it was just, see, like they weren't that tense. Like we weren't taking it. We weren't overly tense about these games. Awesome. Awesome. And Canada Games, was that the summer leading into your first year uh, as a youth sports athlete? Yeah, I think that was like, that was super helpful because a lot of people I know going into youth sports seasons, oh, I got down. <laughs> a lot of people going into youth sports seasons find like a huge change from club to that. But we were in Canada games, obviously right before. So you're playing against a lot of university athletes. So the change wasn't that big. Now with you being recruited so young and thinking that that was going to be the spot for you, did you have expectations to come in and start and play a big role? Or honestly, you were just coming off a good summer and you felt like you're playing at a high level and won the spot. Yeah, I think that, like, I wasn't, I didn't want to go with, like, any expectations with, like, a starting spot or anything. So it's ob- obviously, like, first year, you just want to go there and play and, like, meet everybody and have fun. So I was I was really surprised, like, my first preseason game, even when I started. I was like, this is just preseason, but this is so cool that I'm starting. Awesome. And are, are you able to keep this kind of... I don't want to say carefree, but just like this relaxed mindset that you're you're going to have enjoyment no matter what you're doing. Because like you said, you, you start the preseason games, but as you get into the regular season, you're getting 41 attempts versus Trinity Western. You're getting 49 against UBCO. Like you're getting 54 one game uh, against UBC. You got 75 against Winnipeg. Like you're getting a lot of volume where it seems like not only are your your, your team's plan to, to be successful, but the other team's game planning for you as well. Like did it ever kind of dawn on you that you had a very important role within your team or you're just like, I'm getting set a lot. This is awesome. Yeah. I didn't think I was getting like set an abnormal amount. I thought that was just like the offense being around like the usual. Cause I had no idea like, what the normal amount to be set was a game until one of my teammates was like, 
wow, you got like this many sets. That's kind of a lot. And I was like, oh, I didn't even didn't know. I don't know. I just kind of go out there and play. Like you don't ever put expectations on that you want to get so many kills or you need a certain hitting percentage. You're kind of just like, if I score, this is great. Keep setting me. Not that I want to get so many kills, but like right now my focus is just like a kill is great, but I just don't want to make that many errors right now. That's what I'm more focused on is just like getting it over. And then like, if I can't get a kill, just going for it. So I guess the hitting percentage, yeah, like focusing on that to make sure that stays up. And with you getting this much volume, because if you won't say it, I will say it. It it does seem like a a steady amount, a lot of volume. And and the CanWest schedule is pretty wild where you're playing a lot of matches. Uh, Did you ever have to take any extra care of your body coming from club to university where you were resting more or prehabbing, rehabbing? like, Or were you just honestly just unbreakable and ready to go every weekend? Yeah, I don't know. My team kind of makes fun of me because I don't really, I don't like stretch or like do anything. <laughs> that. I, I got ice yesterday after practice and like that was a big deal. My coach was like, whoa, you're getting ice. That's, this is huge. Like, I don't know. It just, it feels like sometimes my shoulder will, will hurt a little bit, but nothing that really lasts that long. I just kind of go about it. It's worked so far, so... And when you're getting this much volume as an attacker, uh, did you start your university career as a spin server or did you go back to the float when you first started? Yeah, I started as a spin server because I was coming right off summer games where I did that for a few games. So then I got to university and then I was wondering like if Ken was going to want me to do this. And then he talked to me. I was like, yeah, like if you want to do this, like go ahead. Like I support this. We'll practice it. And you can do that. So I never, I've never floated in a university game. And uh, I was wondering if you could share your mindset from the end line, because uh, it's not unusual for you to get two or three aces a game, but sometimes you pop off for like eight aces. And I'm wondering, uh, are you going back there with an aggressive mindset that you're thinking like, I need to hit the zone. I need to hit it as hard as I can. I need to get an ace. Or or are you just thinking, toss the ball really well and hit it hard? Um, Well, for the first rotation or like just first serve in general, we always want to, that's like a big thing with us, making your first serve, even in practice when we're just doing drills, make your first serve. So I like, I go back and recently like me and Ken have been talking about just like going back, taking my time because sometimes I rush it. So like I'll take a breath, I'll just throw it, wait, and then go. That's the whole thing with us right now. Throw, then go. And just like try to make, really try to make that first serve so then you can get in a roll and then start thinking about like if I want to move it. But first ones, definitely just make this serve. Nice, nice. And, and hopefully it's not too personal. You don't mind this going on the internet. But with the velocity you're hitting in it and the height you're hitting it, are you able to target a receiver? Are you able to cut the cord in half? Or are you thinking about just hitting it in bounds as hard as you can? Um, I think it depends. Like if I'm hitting it at like my highest speed, I'm just trying to get that in bounds. But if it's like, if it's going slower or if I'm on a roll, then I'll try to then I'll try to slow it down and maybe pick a half and like see like where the libero is and try to avoid that. Awesome. And when you're going on these huge runs and you're getting these aces, like when you're going back three or four times, do you ever feel like the need to change something or that the other team's adjusting? Or when you get in almost like a flow state, are you just kind of doing the same thing over and over again? Yeah, I just try to like stay, like keep it how it's going and not change anything. So I think like once I get in my head too much and like, if I'm thinking about my last toss, if I need to change the height of something, that's when it gets bad. Then I'll like get kind of discombobulated and like, I don't know, it doesn't really click that much. So I just try to go back once I'm in a flow and just keep it going. And do you have any tips for younger athletes or coaches listening? Like 
when you catch yourself maybe overthinking or, or worrying about the last mistake, do you have like a routine or a reset you like to do just to get yourself back into like a kind of a free mindset? Yeah, I think that's why like the like it's just a singular breath, so it kind of sounds dumb, but like Ken has had me like implement this breath like right before I serve, which I think really helps. It kind of clears my mind and it just like I'm not thinking about my toss, not thinking about my footwork, just like in and out, and then I just go for it. I think that's a really important part because I've noticed that if I don't do it, sometimes like my serve can be kind of erratic. Like maybe it's a mental thing now, but I find that really helps me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, I know it sounds like attacking and serving definitely transferred from your club experience, provincial team experience right into U sports. Was there anything that you found challenging about the level of playing Canada West from club that like maybe your serve receive needed to step up or your defense or your blocking? Like, were you in such a, a high level coming off Canada games that it felt pretty natural to go to the next level or was anything really like surprising for you? Um, I don't, I think coming off of Canada games, like there weren't that many surprises. Like obviously we'll play, we'll play some teams like Trinity had like last year, that was our first game. And they had some really great players. So that was kind of like, oh my God, there's a team full of them. Whereas in club, there'll be like one super hard hitter. So that was kind of a shock. But I think the rest of it, like it was really helpful having summer games first and being able to play with and against a bunch of university athletes kind of got me ready for it. Nice, nice. So as you're climbing the level here and you're going back and forth for the national team, is there anything that you would say for a younger player, like, this is something I wish I would have learned earlier? Like, when you're getting 13 digs a match, like, are you in a pure read? Are you playing where coach tells you to stand? Like, what are some tips and tricks you can give us just on the defensive end of the ball? Um, defensively, this is a, this is kind of an odd one because last year I played in six, and now we've switched things up. So, I'm like, I'm like a left-side, right-side hybrid. I play in one, but then I swing on the left for a few rotations. But when I was in six, it was definitely, like, making sure not to go too high up, like not rushing in. Even if you think there's going to be a seam, like waiting to see for sure. Cause that was a big thing. I'd rush in and then the ball would go off the block and then just get past me. That was an issue I had a lot last year. And this year, I don't know, like for one, we play it different. We don't drop back at all. So I think just always being ready for like a tip anywhere. Cause that's kind of like my one job now in one, like when, when the left side's hitting, just like being on your toes, ready to move. Even if you think you're ready, probably not. So just like, sticking strong with that that that's fascinating so even playing in one you're getting double digit digs most of these games right i guess but i don't know how many of them are like hard driven balls i think sometimes they count like the roll shots i pick up to the pot and they're like dig which i'll take it but i don't know and with coach kind of switching you up and you playing that hybrid position that you just described how does that affect practice and training? Like, are you just comfortable hitting from both pins? Did one take a little bit more work? Do you find your approach is different on the right side being right-handed? Like, is there anything that's kind of like new and different for you this season? Um, well, last year I didn't hit any like C or D balls. So I think that's pretty different. I did this summer for like a month. I was right side, but then I switched back to left. But the C and D balls are definitely a lot different because I didn't do any of that last year. And hitting on the right, I'm still working on that. Like every day me and Ken do like extra reps after practice because I need to work on getting around the ball and opening up so I can hit line because that's something I'm struggling with right now. So always working on that. 
Yeah, and I think that is the biggest challenge as a right-handed right side is you're always going to be able to kind of lean and pull the ball across. But what are some tips you can give to a younger athlete about hitting the ball line? Like, is it how you kind of stack your feet? Is it how you open up your shoulders? Like, what are some tips that like it, to make line available, you need to do these things? Yeah, um, I find for opening up, just like not even thinking about like my last step, like my left foot, really thinking about getting like the right foot open. And then like once you're up there, like not trying to paint the line. That's what my coach always tells me. Like it doesn't have to be directly on the line. It can be like a little bit inside it because it's better to have it like a little bit inside than just out the side. Because I struggle with that a lot right now. But yeah, just getting that right foot open really helps. And like knowing that you don't have to crush the ball. Like if the set's not there or if like you didn't get there, you can just keep it in play. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Was that something that you've known your whole life or that took a little bit of maturity where kills are awesome and they're going to happen. But if you don't get uh, like the phrase I always use is you can't take a 10 out of 10 swing on a four out of 10 set. Like, is that something you had to realize is that not every ball is killable and there, there's times to recycle. There's times to hit a continue. There's times to tip it. Like, is that something that came later in life or you felt like you had that since like 16 you even? Definitely came later. I think it's still coming, still learning that this year. That's that's one of my like, main things this year I'm working on is to recognize like when to just fully go for it or when I should just be like, you know what? I can just put this back in play and somebody else will just get a kill because it's better to just play continue than into the block, into the net. So anyone who's obviously seen you play the attack attempts, the spin serving, how aggressive you play. Do you think there's a reason why more coaches or maybe more female athletes aren't encouraged to play this style? Because I think it's super fun and it is aggressive to jump as high as you can and hit the ball hard. But uh, I don't know. There's not that many spin servers, I would say, in U sports right now. And there's not that many female athletes who can hit a, a D ball or C ball like you can, right? So what would you say to a coach to kind of open up opportunities for more athletes to do this where maybe you are one of one, but maybe also more club athletes or high school athletes should be encouraged to play it because it can be fun and it can help your team win. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was ever really told anything for the hitting. That's just kind of how how I've like always gone about it. Just kind of <laughs> going for it as hard as I can, which sometimes isn't the best. But for serving, I think, I don't know, spin serving was never really an option for us. Like in camps when you're little, like I guess it, that'd be really hard to get little kids to do. But even when I was like 17, 18, in camps, they're always like jump float or just standing float, but nobody ever mentions a spin serve which I feel like could be incorporated a bit more because it's never really talked about. But the hitting is kind of something that you have to decide. Like, do you want to go float for this or do you just kind of want to walk in and like, have at her? So looking at your squad this year, and I know you mentioned your recruiting story, I'm wondering, is it just something that is appealing to go to Toba right now with the, the strength of the team, the strength of the coaching staff? Because it looks like you guys are being successful. Well, that's obvious, but you're being successful with a lot of girls who have played junior Bisons or are from the province of Manitoba. So why do you think everyone's choosing to stay home and go to the U? You know what? I'm not sure. I think we have a lot of people from junior Bisons that are um, older than me and like they kind of came in at the same time, like a lot of our players. So that was probably appealing for them, like being able to stay home and play with a lot of people they already like know and love and I think can coach them. So they got to stick with their coach. So I think that was a big factor for them. Um, but me, I think, I don't know. I just, I love being home with my family. So that was definitely a big part. I, got, I, I wouldn't have to like, I don't know. If I went away, I know for a fact I'd get homesick. I'd miss my family like, way too much. And now I'm going to stay home, I'm going to sleep in my bed, drive my car, and 
it's just it's nice to have a break so like when we're done practice i get to go home and not to like a dorm Nice. Yeah, that's something to point out in recruiting is just making sure it's the right fit for you. So you mentioned Ken Coaches Club. Is that something that's important that maybe Ken or Michelle or some of the other coaches, like they are involved in the in the school community and the club community. So you kind of get to know them before you commit to the university. Yeah, uh, Ken, he didn't coach club when I was coming in. He did a few years ago, but he was he was still like super involved in it. So I'd have junior bison's tournaments and he'd be refing at them. Or after practice, I'd have like a meeting with him, and it was really nice that he was because he was so involved with that. So I got to go, I got to um, get to know him like quite a bit before I signed. So it was definitely something I liked too. Because with other coaches and with COVID being like a big thing when I was getting recruited, you couldn't really have that face to face conversation with them. It was all like Zoom calls and like online tours of dorms. <laughs> Nice, nice. And another thing I want to talk about was just your national team experience. So again, with it coming off COVID, was this a video application? Was this an in-person tryout? Were you invited? Was it open? Like what was the process for you to get uh, first on the U23 team, but then also on next gen? Actually, before this, I did, I went to a tryout my grade 12 year, like going into my first year of university. I went to a tryout in June. I, it was straight from um, 18U Nationals. So I just stayed in Edmonton and I was super sick. I actually had COVID at the time, didn't know it. So I went to this trial, it was like a week long. We had to submit like video applications and they're like, okay, like after Nationals stay. And this is when the tryout is. So I had that for a bit and they were picking, I think like 14 of the 21 of us, I want to say to travel. And I never, I never found out if I got cut or if I was going to travel because I had, I tested positive for COVID. Like, three days into the tryout, but yeah, that that was a rough one. But for U23 next gen, it was actually, it was pretty similar. It was submit a video application, almost like a highlight reel kind of like of all the skills. And you also have to submit a full game, I want to say. And then they go through that and then they decide who comes to the tryout. And the tryout was actually still huge. So the tryout was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. And that's four or five days of just straight play. That was so tiring. It was like four or five hours a day. And after the tryout, they just sent out the emails within like a week and decided the team. And do you ever get nervous? Like when you're at a national team tryout, did your mindset change at all? Or were you starting to look around and be like, oh, that girl's really good? Like, or were you able to keep with that like free spirit and still spin serve and attack and do all the things that you're really good at? I was still spin serving and trying to attack like, like I would like if it was just my university team, but I was, I was so scared because it's all, it was all these girls that I followed on Instagram for a while. I've watched them play. I played against them, got beaten by some of them. Like it was so scary. And knowing that some of them had like been on the team before and they were all older, but it, it was so much fun. They were all super nice, but I was just so scared of them going into it. It just, it was so, it was crazy. Any moments you want to share with us that you were able to get off, uh, like kind of get over the moment? Because it's funny just by doing the show. Some people will say um, everybody respects how good Hillary Howe is. But when you talk to her in person, she's like the nicest person. And I think people are able to kind of get over it. But was there anyone that you were a little bit starstruck over that you're kind of like, oh, they're super nice. And I'm glad they talked to me. Um, okay, she wasn't at the tryout, but she was on the team like Avery Allard. She wasn't at the at the tryout with us because she was playing pro, but she was on the team. And I remember, I remember when the full roster came out, I saw her name on that list and I was so scared because I was like, she's so good. And like, 
this is going to be terrifying. And then we go out to our first few practices and Avery is actually one of, she's the nicest person ever. I, I'm so glad I met her. I just, yeah, that, I don't know why I was so scared of her looking back, but she's just, she's so, so nice and so good. And it was so crazy to play with her. Awesome. Awesome. And when you go through the Team Canada system, do you feel uh, like a challenge or maybe an opportunity to change your style or change the system you're in? Or uh, was it pretty close to what you were playing at the university level? Uh, yeah, I think it was pretty close to what I was playing at the university level. Um, this year, when I try out again, it'll probably it'll be very different, I think, for me. Because right now at university, we're doing kind of a not normal like rotations and everything so it's gonna be weird going back to how it was last year but last year there wasn't that much of a change which was good easy to adapt for my first time but the tryout this year is definitely going to be different coming off of this rotation that we're doing and with your next gen experience how did you guys get settled uh because i I think when you bring together like a u19 team sure you're all coming from different teams but i think you have a lot of stuff in common where when you go with the next gen team you're playing with people like bella noble or um katarina like people who've already been on like the the next gen team or i think kat even spent time on like the a team like is is there any challenge getting to know those athletes who you maybe have already seen in a team canada jersey or or maybe there's some other athletes or kind of rookies like you like what's kind of the team building or getting comfortable around athletes who've been around a little bit uh bella was actually at that tryout i was at when i had covid so i and a few of the girls were so i kind of knew them like not really though because i did have to sit out for lots of those practices when i had covid (laughs) but it was nice seeing a familiar face. Um, the ones that had already played on the team and played on like even like the A team and stuff, it was, I thought it was gonna be a lot scarier and hard to like interact with them, but they were all like super outgoing and they just like embraced all the new players. It was just, it was like so seamless going in there with them because they were all just so welcoming. Like it was a lot easier than I thought. So with your national team experience, what can you tell us about uh, Carolyn, just her coaching style and anything you enjoyed about the experience that you got to play with for her? I think my favorite part about being coached by Carolyn was not that we play like carelessly, but that we got, we got to practice free and like not be super worried and tense about errors, which I thought was a really great thing, especially playing with like all new setters and like everybody around you is new. She wasn't she wasn't that like strict about errors in the beginning. We got to kind of like test the waters and like see what it's like to hit new shots and like pass like different serves and everything. So I thought that was one of my favorite things about her. How she just kind of let us, she let us play. She let us get better. And like, in order to get better, you have to mess up a lot. And she was, she was okay with that. She helped us in that That's awesome. Like, does that come up in video and team meetings? Or like, what's some, what are some examples that just, it, you, when you think back, like that made you feel comfortable or free? Because I think a lot of coaches talk about it, but then they don't live it in their, their feedback. Yeah, um, obviously during, during the games, like when we do video and stuff, that's when you have to, that's when you have to not make errors and get the ball over and like continue to play and all that. But during practice, we do like hitting specific drills, like off serve receive, and we'd set up noodles as blockers. So you can only hit, like, for example, like a super sharp cross, like inside the attack line shot. Like we were working on that one day. And I remember like hit after hit, we'd like hit it into the net or hit it out the back. And like that was a super difficult shot to hit. And she was okay with it. She was just like, keep going until you get it. Like it's going to get there eventually. And it did. 
but that definitely helped a lot like getting us to learn those shots not being afraid to mess it up that's awesome um and when you go to a national team program how do you kind of debrief the experience and then add to your youth sports experience like are you thinking man uh this this athlete from this country they they did so many cool things i want to work on that this season with my team like do, do you feel any pressure to kind of connect that experience or when you go back to toba like you're you're fully focused on what your youth sports team needs you to do yeah definitely fully focused on what like bisons are needing and like what they want because we like we have a very like specific way of volleyball at uvm like we play bison volleyball and like it's not entirely that different but there's definitely some things that it's like it's set in stone to do this at uvm like with our with our blocking or with our defense obviously like, katrina's like a shorter setter but she jumps she jumps super high but like we we shift our defense around that and stuff like that just switching back and doing what like I need to do for U of M. And how do you, do you balance that? Like, this is what the system and this is what Ken's asking me to do, but also if I want to play internationally at the highest level, maybe I do need to hit this ball inside the attack line. Like obviously Ken's not going to get upset at you if you're hitting these extreme angles. So is there any individual stuff you can bring to your game or really you're just focused on whatever Ken's kind of leading and asking you to do? Yeah, I think I'm just kind of focused on, on like what the team needs right now and what I can bring to the team. Like I don't want to risk too much trying shots like that because now isn't really the time like to just like have at her and rack up a bunch of errors and stuff. Like maybe towards the end of the season, like when I'm getting more comfortable again and we're getting more in a role, like come nationals if we make it, um, then I'll try because then the tryout will be coming up soon and hopefully we'll be getting into a groove and you can try more shots like that. But right now it's just kind of like still like what what's best for the team yeah i'm glad you brought up nationals is that something your team will talk about kind of like what you did with your canada games team that you started thinking externally or is that not how bisons like to do it like how do you like to think about the length of the season and playoffs and nationals and everything that goes into that oh yeah we always even from the beginning in preseason thinking about the big picture and like big goal make it to nationals of course like everybody wants to win nationals last year we got fourth and like ken's big thing this year like fourth the first we want to we obviously want to try as hard as we can to try and get first place but first you have to make it to like top eight can west then you have to make it to nationals so yeah we have a big overall goal but in order to get there we have a bunch of little stuff we have to complete first and is that kind of relaxing for your mind instead of thinking about nationals the whole time? Because you, you honestly can't win nationals until March. So do you like to break it down into like monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals? Like how, how much do you like to break it down so you can still feel like you're working towards that goal and not just waiting for the chance at nationals? Yeah, we, we actually break it down quite a bit. Like you said, we have a lot of like daily goals. We always want to win the day, as my coach says. And like move the needle, even if it's just like the tiniest bit, every like rep counts, every practice counts, even if our practice doesn't uh, start out too strong, it's always about winning the day. So we want to end on a good note. So if we have service eve last, like make sure this is good. It might've started out bad, but it can end good. Just little things like that. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, the, the last question I have for you is how much attention do you kind of give the crowd? And, and when I was doing some research for this show, I, I found an article that mentioned uh, th there's a lot of Raya the Slayer signs showing up at, at Toba and you're getting a little bit of a fan club. So uh, how cool for you is it to see like club kids who were once like you kind of cheering you on? Like, do you do you kind of play into it a little bit or do you try to keep your focus for the match as much as possible? Um, like during the match, I try to keep my focus on the match. But of course, like during timeout, sometimes my teammates will come up to me and be like, look at that little Slayer sign over there. I think that's so cute when 
like coaches will bring their teams to come watch like it's it's just it's the cutest thing ever seeing them because that was me like not even that long ago like four years ago so it's really neat to see that and like after the game i gotta like go say hi to them if they want to say hi it's just it's so cool that's awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for sharing the behind the scenes and just your development and how you're having a, uh, another big year with the University of Manitoba. We kind of end every show uh, on a tradition where you're playing volleyball at the highest level, but usually something odd or funny or unique has happened along the way. So I was hoping you could share uh, one more funny story before we call it. Okay. Uh, it's not, you know, what? I'm going to classify this one as like an odd story, an experience I definitely wouldn't have had if I wasn't playing volleyball. Um, this summer with Next Gen, we were going to the Dominican to play in the Pan Am Final Six. So we were supposed to get to the airport at 2 p.m. We all get there, and immediately, like, I see my whole team just sitting right, like, you and you enter the doors, and they're right there to the left, all just, like, laying down their suitcases. And I immediately was like, oh, no, this isn't looking too good. Like, I have a lot of flights, like, I had flights canceled that summer when I was trying to get to BC. Like, a lot of bad flight things happened to me. And we ended up sitting there for two hours because I don't even know what happened, but we ended up all getting like split up. I and mean, it was supposed to be two flights, ended up taking three. We had to go to Mexico City, then to Panama, and then to the Dominican. It was just, it was a mess. So we sit for two hours, we finally get through, and then we all get split up. I was on like the very last group with three other teammates. So it's just like the four of us in panama just like we're scavenging for a toothbrush because we've been up for over 24 <laughs> hours we're walking through this whole like massive airport i think we walked for like 45 minutes until we found a stand with a toothbrush like it was just the most bizarre experience ever we had to we were sleeping on the floor of the mexico city airport because the like office that we need to get to wasn't open for a few hours so we just we just gave up and laid there it was just the worst possible scenario like situation after situation that travel day or i guess travel days because it was like 36 37 hours instead of like eight but you know what it's, it's an experience it's a story to tell i guess we ended up making it at like 10 35 p.m like a day and a half later than we were supposed to we missed dinner and we couldn't drink water at the hotel and we didn't have our water bottles yet so we got there so tired so hungry so thirsty none nothing i think we had like a sip of somebody's old water <laughs> and then just yeah but you know it's funny to look back at it not so funny in the moment but yeah when you arrived how many days till you had to play like did you have a practice the next day yeah, we had, a, we had a practice the next day, and the practice was in, oh, the gym was so hot. It was, it was just, oh my God. But it was, it was so cool being there, because I had never experienced, like, an international tournament. And I was talking to my coach about that, and she was like, just you wait until you experience one. It's something. And I got there, I was like, this is exactly what she means. Like, even the gym we played in had an open roof. There was, like, birds flying around. It was crazy. No way. So I think playing for the national team is special. And anytime you get an opportunity to do it, you should enjoy it. But yes, sometimes the the travel to the venue is is more difficult than I think playing the tournament is sometimes. Yeah, it that was I've never had a travel day like that ever. We had like we had to wait an extra three hours for a plane this year with my university team. And we were all kind of complaining. And then I was just kind of like, you know what, this isn't Nothing can be as bad. Nothing will ever be as bad as that. 
Well, Rhea, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your career. Uh, best of luck with everything you got going on. Uh, a big second semester coming up with the Bison. So thank you for coming on and sharing all that you did. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.